Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, I mean, just because we lived it, you know, we have a lot to talk about. I know. Um, I'm just excited to get into the swing of it. I'm being honest. I've already started recording too, so we can just start just firing go. whenever you want. Um, I guess we can try and do a little introduction. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the next episode of the podcast. We don't know which episode you're watching as far as numbers go because we've recorded a few episodes before this. We don't know in what order they're going to come out, but um, this should be number four. Um, thank you again for coming back. My name is Julian, <laughs> and this is my this is my partner Richie. And today we're going to be talking about um, our experience as Dartmouth students so far, um, what we wish we knew before we came to Dartmouth and the idea of homesickness. And maybe we might even talk a little bit about what it's like being um, in quarantine, being in school in quarantine, um, especially after a wild first two terms at, on campus. But uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get into it. Is there anything you want to say before we get started, Richie? Oh, uh, I forgot to say, sorry, one more thing, one more thing. Thank you so much for over 50 subscribers. We were at, yes, same. We were, we were at, um, I think it was 43 it when was I first 43. put out that video. How many's begging for more subscribers? <laughs> and now we're at 63, which is pretty wild. So thank you so much. I believe we're at 63. Um, but we passed 50, so I'm so thankful. Yeah. Um, I guess the 50 sub special is coming soon. Uh, but we need more time to think about that. Definitely. Hopefully we don't hit 100 subs before we get out the 50 <laughs> sub special. But... Uh... <laughs> You never know. You never know how things are going. But have to hold back one on thing that's happened, at least since uh, you may have heard from us last, was we're now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Big things are coming, people. Big things are coming. You may be listening to this right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Wild. We that's appreciate wild. the download. If you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, rate the show five stars. It really helps us out a lot. Because right now, you kind of have to look up one of our names to find the podcast. But if people start rating it, you might just need to look up two islands and we'll be the first ones to show up. There. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for tuning in. If you guys liked it, wherever you're watching, YouTube, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. It'd be great if you could share this with a friend. We'd love to reach more people. But yeah, I guess we'll get started now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so... What I wish, why don't we first talk about our perceptions of college before we came to Dartmouth? Because I feel like for us, like especially, um, you applied ED, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I sent the application in October. <laughs> no, November. That's what it was. November. Yeah, November, November 1st. 1st. I remember. Uh, because Halloween uh, was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, I remember the night before it was due actually it was due november 1st at 11:59, right if i remember correctly so october ends on the 30th right not the 31st oh 31st okay. halloween okay so on october 31st i looked at my common app essay yeah and i said no i think i want to redo this <laughs> <laughs> you really i didn't yes. actually know this Everything else was done and packaged up, ready to be sent out. But I was looking at that Common App, and I was like, you know what? No. 
It's not the work. main the main long essay, like the main one. Yes. The six hundred fifty words. The essay. Oh man. So yeah, I was I was just looking at it thinking, well, oh, is it good enough? Could I can I pass it off? I mean, the rest of my application I thought was pretty strong. It might be okay if this this um this one essay is lacking. And then I was like, I have 24 hours. There's no way I'm going to have put in all the work throughout middle school, high school, making the rest of my application just to fall short on the common app essay. So you know what I did? Exactly. At like 10 p.m. the night before, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Started brand new. Oh my gosh. And I knew Dartmouth was the school for me, right? So I was like, you know what? Since I'm starting from scratch and I know Dartmouth is a place I want to be, might as well go all out. So you know what I did? I grabbed one of the supplemental prompts and yeah. I made that my common app essay. Because the last option for the common app was, oh, you can make your own prompt and then write an essay about it. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. I I totally got on my knees and simped for Dartmouth. <laughs> Look. Even my common app essay is about you guys. <laughs> if this doesn't work, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> and I was screwed because, like, I'm sure amongst all the, um, because I was planning on applying to the other Ivy League schools if I didn't um, get into Dartmouth. I'm sure yeah. they know the other school supplementals. Oh, so yeah, if I didn't get into Dartmouth. Them. They easily do. <laughs> so if I didn't get into Dartmouth, they're like, <laughs> would have been just easily blackballed. Easily. Easily. I would have had to make a whole new common app essay. <laughs> There's no way I'm turning in to like Yale growing up and being like, hey guys, if it wasn't obvious already, I applied early decision to Dartmouth. Here's my common app essay. It's with a Dartmouth prompt. <laughs> you want to take me? And I talk about the green in this paragraph, this line right here. Just word drop the green. It's okay though. <laughs> I just copy and paste my white Dartmouth essay three times. <laughs> <Send it. laughs> no, but yeah, that was that was my application experience. Extremely stressful. Extremely stressful. That's insane. Okay, no. So for me, it was definitely like at at least like those forty eight hours before it needed to be hit submit to be considered ED. Um. I was just stressing out because I was like doing all the like last minute tweaks to like activities and like a bunch of other like which activity should be ranked here like because it's supposed to be like in order of importance right yeah making sure all the adjectives are correct using some word like word reference so make sure that the source stuff the source word reference everything I was going in pick up trash on the beach. <laughs> extremely clutch i'm not even gonna lie like not even sponsored but like oh my gosh without them i would not be where i am today <laughs> oh my gosh every time i saw a like i just moved it I, I had to put something else in i had to dude for every me it was the the i like, every time i put i in, it was like well we have to rewrite this sentence now <laughs> You know what's the crazy thing? All throughout high school, people entering a college app essays, people are like, don't use I in sentences. That's so unprofessional. Blah, 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 blah. But then in when, as soon as you get hit the floor in college, all the professors are like, yeah, we don't know why high school teachers tell you that. <laughs> prefer that you use I. Yeah. Because it's either use I or you say really vague blanket statements that we're not sure anyone actually believes, but you claim to be true. <laughs> exactly. 
So like, if you're gonna make statements or claims, you may as well use I so that we know that you're trying to own it. Yeah. So. Hey. But but that's what happened in the transition from middle school to high school too. I remember it was like we'd use those sentence starters, Mm -hmm. where it's like you take the first part of like the sentence and then you use that to like write out your own sentence. So it was like, why do you think the boy jumped over the bridge? The boy jumped over the bridge because, and that's how you'd write your sentences. Yeah. And then in high school, they're like, nah, 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 take that out, <laughs> take that out. <laughs> uh, so, all right. I feel like so strong, they just yeah. take stuff out. <laughs> no one can agree, which no makes one. it confusing for us. <laughs> so, what were your perceptions of Dartmouth before, um, before you um, came here? The reason why I brought up early decision apps is because I feel like us, especially the kids that were um, so invested in Dartmouth, you know that we were up late, 11.30 p.m., watching those, those um, Day in the Life videos at Dartmouth. Like, all the videos that Joelle and Hannah Science would post. Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that could be me. All the dorm tours. I actually, for Dartmouth at least, I didn't watch the dorm tours. I only watched those after I got in, which was really interesting. Because, like, I was, like, so set on Dartmouth, but, like, because I'd already visited the campus and slept in a dorm, I was like, okay, like, let me not, let me not get myself too invested, just in case they hit me yeah. with that fat rejection. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, let me, let me, let me not go in too much. <laughs> let me not go yeah. in too much. But once I got in, though, I was all over those videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I was, I was, like, the opposite. I would just get so, so excited. Like, um. Oh, this is another funny story. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was really bad about like being responsible with the SAT and everything like that. Okay. So I took my first SAT and ACT mm-hmm. the summer before senior year. <laughs> the first How was one. The first? In June, yeah. June of 2019. No, 2020. June 2020. No, June 2018. No, June 2019. No, June. It would have been June 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I took my first SAT. So every day that summer, I was in Starbucks from literally like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. doing practice tests, studying, everything like that. I got the SAT, the SAT, um, the College Board SAT book, and Mm -hmm. I did all like practice tests. And there are days that I would do two practice tests in one day. It was terrible. Terrible. But you know what kept my spirits up? Joelle's videos. So thank you, Joelle. <laughs> if there's any chance you see this, thank you so much. <laughs> you kept the spirits high when I really didn't feel like taking that math section on the second SAT. Oh my gosh, the math section. Oh. <laughs> but the craziest thing is, I'm worse at math, like overall, in terms of my, my writing ability and my math ability. Yeah. But on the SAT, it was just a completely different story. My writing was. Yeah. God awful SAT, <laughs> and my math score was like surprisingly decent. Yeah. Oh man, that was that was rough. But definitely, just the SAT experience. Just because I also started taking the SAT late. My first one was the end of junior year. Um, was it the end of junior year? Dude, most kids at my school were taking it at the beginning of junior year. I took my first one at the end of junior year. So I was already pretty late. 
I was yeah. already pretty late. It was the, I think the June one was the first SAT I took. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So like I took that one. No, I took the May one. And then I took the one in September coming back from the summer. Mm. And then I was, and then I took the November ACT, I think. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I may as well take this just in case I need to submit it to like other schools and like see what's see what's up with it. <laughs> it was terrible. ACT I actually got through terrible. half of it. I only ACT got through half of it. Terrible. <laughs> like I got every section. I didn't even have time to like fill in, like fake fill in the bubbles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I. <laughs> I completely sold the oh my gosh the speed that they want you to go for the ACT is unreasonable absolutely yeah. unreasonable it's see like and I don't know how people are saying oh my god the SAT is impossible I I, I prefer the ACT you have to know all those sciences answer all those questions with less time I'll take the SAT any day of the week man that's true <laughs> the day of um I was actually gonna take the September SAT as well because mm. I believe or one around then because I believe that was the last one we could take before the ED application yeah right it was. so dude guess what happened <laughs> I have another story <laughs> so it was supposed to be taken in September I think it was mid-September yeah but it ended up getting pushed back because we had a hurricane because I live in Hawaii so lucky for me it gave me like another week and a half to study and now it's like the beginning of October. We have multiple test sites on my island, right? Um, okay. So when I registered online, I swear I went. I registered for this one test site. So that morning, we wake up early. I have a nice start, right? Actually, no, I don't have a nice start. I was very sick. I was running like a really high fever. So I take that back. I didn't have a nice start. <laughs> But at the very least, we woke up early, we had breakfast, everything like that. It was nice. My mom and I had a nice peaceful ride to uh, Kamehameha Schools, which is on one side of town. And then right as I'm about, no, we pull up, we pull up up the, up the driveway at the school and we notice there's no science, saying there's an SAT or where students, or where students should meet. There's no yeah. students, there's no cars. And we're like, hmm. no, I'm like, and my mom's like, all right, Julian, where is everybody? <laughs> Things are not adding up. And then I look at the ticket that has been in my hand, the entire car ride. Oh, no. The entire, okay. like, 30-minute car ride. And I look at it, and I'm like, Mom, it's uh, it's not here. It's uh, it's 20 minutes away. <laughs> it was at my high school. Whereas the, the school that we were at was on the other side of town. So my mom was like, all right, Julian. <laughs> so we, 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 we didn't speed, but we booked it. Oh, no, of course you did speed. You didn't speed. Not, we not a lick over the speed limit, but you booked it. <laughs> Dude, we got there like actually two minutes before the test started. Thank God there are people outside standing in line waiting to get their tickets checked and their IDs checked and everything like that. Yeah. Okay, think of it like this, right? Just the context. Everything that's going on in my head. This is the second SAT I'm taking. The last one I have to take before I submit to Dartmouth. The first one I took, 
was not going to get me in. It was not, not even within the, within the range. So this is the one that I had to show up for, right? Right. I already wasn't prepared fully initially, but thank God there was a hurricane, so that pushed it back. So now I have that added pressure because I have the extra time to prepare, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sick with the high fever. And we went to the wrong testing center. And so I don't you're know already what flustered. You're already flustered. Yeah. Luckily, it was at your own high school. So, like, you had the familiarity of, like, knowing where the buildings are to be able yeah. to, like, get to your room on time. Yeah. Because I had a story where I was actually, like, at this random school. I think it was in uh, ooh, Quincy, like, Quincy, Mass. Mm -hmm. Random school. Pull up to their high school. Like... The side of the build, like the side of the building that we were supposed to enter in on, I can't even tell if people had previously been. Like it looks like there's no one at the school. Like the only uh -huh. reason why I even walk in from that side of the building is because there's cars parked there. So then yeah. I walk in, and then none of the lights are on, are none of the lights on the first hall are on, and then I see like a light on like down the hall to the left, and then yeah. that's where everybody is. And then is there another there, entrance or something? Yeah, no, there are like oh. I think three entrances that people go into that school from. Yeah, I don't know, man. But like, it took me ten minutes just to find the room that I was supposed to be in. And then you just know imagine, you have to like get acclimated, find the bathroom, yeah. know where things are before you sit down and like yeah. get into test testing zone. Yeah, oh, man. An entire just mess. imagine if they lock the door. They're like, yeah, no one's going to actually enter from this side. We'll just lock this door. Exactly. <laughs> I've been screwed. Yeah. Oh. But thank God. That was so stressful. As soon as I, as soon as I took that SAT, I had a good feeling. You know, I just, you know, when you have those weird feelings about certain tests, you're like, you know what? Either I like absolutely killed it. I absolutely sure. killed it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt coming out of it. Thank God I got a good score because that was that was the last that was my last chance. Um, but it was it was good enough to get me to Dartmouth. So thank goodness for that. Despite everything that happened, I managed to somehow pull through. And I know that it was it was it was a pure stroke of luck because the next SAT I took after that because I'd already um, I had already bought another test. Even though, um, oh yeah, you like this is after I knew I got into Dartmouth. Yeah, I got in already, but I was like, yeah, I'll just mm -hmm. take it anyways. I scored like sixty or seventy points lower than the previous one, so I was like, yeah, that's yeah, how you know that this no whole pressure. thing is luck. Yeah, I showed up for game time, man. Yeah, you showed up for game time. You got the cap and everything. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Man. Oh. Okay, but going to the perceptions of, of school, I'm trying to yeah, keep it no, short because I don't completely want people to sidetracked. click <laughs> It's been 20 minutes already. Jeez Louise. I just don't want people to click off and be like, all right, the title says uh, perceptions of Dartmouth and uh, what we wish we knew before we came. And uh, all he's talking about is how these idiots don't know how to take an SAT or go to the right test center <laughs> or enter in the right <laughs> Sorry, we're, we'll try and stay on track. Oh no, no 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 no! It was a good it was a good tangent, but back to the back to the uh, question at hand. Um, for me, <laughs> I guess my first experience with Dartmouth, like complete first experience, was um the book awards actually. Because oh, 
Book Award? Yeah. I was actually one of the people that got the Dartmouth Book Award. I wanted it so badly, and I thought since I didn't get it, I'm like, there's no, oh, there's no way. It's over. <laughs> and I did get it. He was actually one of my really good friends. I'm like, that's a ticket. You didn't have to apply to the book at them. <laughs> and you're literally like, take the Robert Frost book that they gave. Wait, did they give him a Robert Frost like poetry book? Yeah. I don't know if they get the same book. Okay, yeah. But like, take that book, chuck it at their head, walk in the front door. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I guess that was my first experience with Dharmuth in general. Oh, just because I hadn't really known that. It, like the only Ivy League schools I'd really known of were Brown and Harvard, and those were pretty much like proximity-wise, were the ones that I was like, those were the <laughs> ones that I was like, oh okay, like okay, these are in proximity of me. Like Harvard is literally down the street. Like the street that I walk past every day is called Harvard Street. The school of Harvard is like a train ride away. Like this is the school I know. Yeah. So it's like Dartmouth is on my list. Like huh, Green. They gave me a poetry book. That's different. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And then um, over the summer, this program that I went to uh, that I talked to you a lot about, um, the one where I like traveled and spent a summer um, on senior year, right? Yeah, that was before senior year. This where I spent a summer on uh, a college campus. Um, that program, like the college <laughs> advisor was a Dartmouth alum and you know Dartmouth alums. They oh, go so, hard for the school. They're so good at what they do. They're just so good at what they do. Just yeah. bolstering the school at every possible opportunity. So I'm like, okay, yeah. like, let me look, let me look at the school a little bit more. Yeah. And then, so I end up actually Dartmouth going on. Dartmouth are so good. It's just, oh, it's actually insane how good they are at it. <laughs> they're and really like, good we're at not even, oh, We're not even Dartmouth alum yet, and we're already repping the school hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. That's what they do. That's what Dartmouth invests so much in, like, you know, things like trips, pre-orientation, orientation. That's all, like, the culture building, just, like, getting everyone to, to sign their lives <laughs> to this cult. <laughs> no, not really. If Dartmouth is watching, if Dartmouth is watching, it's not a cult. We love you. But, um, dude, but that's how they build community, and I'm not mad about it at all. If that means I have to run around a fire, dude, I'll take it. I had so much fun running around the fire. <laughs> And yes, that may sound like something people do in a cult, but <laughs> we casually walked around the fire, organized in a line through. So no, we weren't running. Around. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but um, I was actually able to visit the campus in September um, through, oh, I forgot the specific program, but I think it was like, a local thing for like dimensions it wasn't dimensions it was it was something else where they brought a bunch of like new england like kids who were prospective students um just to visit the campus and like get a tour basically spend the day there right so yeah on that day specifically when we went it was like me m like my best friend ik and like a few other people from the program and so like, we're on campus, right? And you know how much I love food, Julian. You know how much I love food. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you told me this story. This is a good I, story. I told you this story before, yeah. right? And so um, IK actually ends up getting 
to the program late so they don't actually have like his folder that has like the meal swap card for that day to like yeah. give to the people at the counter so he basically misses lunch right and we're gonna be on our drive back home so we're like okay we may as well grab a meal before we leave because this is it's a it's a little bit of a journey back home right yeah yeah, yeah. and so um we go to the uh entrance to foco mm-hmm. and basically like we're explaining the situation how he didn't have a card to get in to like access the food and this mm-hmm. random girl behind us student at Dartmouth, is just like oh no it's no worries i'll pay for you guys no questions asked nicest smile i've ever seen no questions <laughs> asked she's just like i'll pay for both of you guys it's no problem and she takes out her card gives it to the lady so she pays for herself and then both of us to walk in and you know you know like she can only use one meal swipe right yeah I so know that meal was work now. like a focal so meal was, swipe is like 11 dollars. yeah i think by that time it was already the dinner. It would have been the what would have been the dinner swipe. That's like a thirteen dollar swipe per person. So she paid. She dropped like twenty six bills. Wow. At least. Wait. Um. When was this? Like towards the end of the term. When was this? No, this was in September. It was late September, so like beginning of the term. Oh, so it's not like she had leftover meal swipes that she could just dish out. No, this was in the beginning. This was kindness of her heart. Thanks. Wow. You see, that's Dartmouth right there. That is Dartmouth. That is Dartmouth. Like it seems like a dreamland type of story, but no, it's that's the real thing. That's That's why we chose Dartmouth. Like, like when I when I remember when I came to campus, my first um, actually I'd been there as a freshman. Um, my mom went to grad school at Dartmouth. Um, so we were going to um, a symposium that was held on campus with her program. And um, of course, she took me on tours and did all that kind of stuff. And at that time, I was really interested in engineering because in eighth grade, we had science fair and I did an engineering projects. So I was I was hot on that engineering. <laughs> um, and then we went to the engineering department. We talked to someone at the front desk. We were like, hey, is this professor around? We'd love to talk to them. Um, they said, oh, I don't know where they are. I can go check on that. And then someone who's standing in line behind us happened to overhear and he was like, oh yeah, you, um, you're looking for so-and-so? Let me get them for you. Complete stranger, not even a professor. I don't even know yeah. what this man was doing here. But he like spent like the next 20 or 30 minutes hunting this guy down for us. Complete strangers. Like people that aren't even in the Dartmouth community really, like he didn't know my mom was an alum, right? Yeah. Although he could have guessed, he could have guessed, but he didn't know my mom was an alum. He didn't know, um, but he like went way out of his way to help us anyways. Um, after that, my next time being at Dartmouth was summer before senior year. I was there for this program called the Dartmouth Bound Native American Community Program. Basically what it was, was um, kids spent, well actually no, it wasn't the summer before. It was like in September, actually around the same time as you. September. Oh, okay. Wait, no, wait. Um, With what you just said, it was part of the, it was like one of the bound programs. I think it was Dartmouth Inbound because they brought a bunch of people in and then that's why they called it Inbound from like around New England. Okay, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we're both bound kids. <laughs> that's actually pretty cool. They, their retention rate after those programs is insane. They keep so many of those kids or at least a lot of those kids end up getting in. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyways, when I got on campus, uh, 
I believe we stopped right outside of Collis. And that's where my, my host picked me up. And as we're walking from there to the Native American house, mm-hmm. so many people just like waved and said hi. Like people that I didn't even know, they're like, oh, are you a Prospy? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Prospy. And they're like, oh, hi, welcome to Dartmouth. I hope you love your time here. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> At that point, I was already in love with the place. And then my first impression of like students was <laughs> we went to the native house and no one was upstairs. So we went downstairs to see if anyone was in there. It was completely mm-hmm. dark, but three faces lit up in the dark as Shrek was playing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> they all just like looked at me. And I'm like, and my host is like, oh, hey guys, this is Julian. He's a prospect. I'm like, oh, welcome, Julian. Da, 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 da. Everyone was just so, so nice and accommodating. Um, we did so many cool things on that trip. Like, um, of course, we learned all about native. Um, we learned all about Dartmouth, Native history of Dartmouth, everything like that. But like some of the few things that really stuck out in my head, and this all plays to the whole Still North thing, cult, yeah. being like a culty community in the in the woods. We they made us fresh apple cider. Like not they didn't go to Molly's and buy apple cider. No, they brought mm-hmm. apples and made it in a pot for us. Oh my God, oh, Richie! Goodness. Nothing has ever compared to that since. Tastes better than apples, Richie. It does. <laughs> It's like it apples, but on a different level. And then, um, and then with that, they had cider, cider donuts. Oh, cider donuts. Oh. Deadly combo. Deadly combo. <laughs> Me being from Hawaii, combo. that was my first time having both, right? So I was yeah. over the moon impressed. Um, and then if that wasn't enough, this was our, um, that was this, our second night there. Then the last night, we had like our closing banquet and everything like that. We're all wearing nice dress clothes and stuff like that. And then all of our hosts were like, hey, guys, do you want to go watch the stars on the golf course? First of all, didn't know you had a golf course. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have a golf course? (laughs) And then I'm like, "Uh, yeah, we're going to go look at the stars. That's insane. We get out there, Richie. Oh, my God. Like, like. Us being in the middle of the woods, yeah, we don't have access to a city and everything like that, but you realize you don't need it. When I saw those stars, I realized you don't need it. I got out there, Richie, and I swear to you, within the first five minutes, I saw two shooting stars. Two shooting stars. And it that was the clearest sky I'd ever seen in my life. You could see the Milky Way band right across the sky. It looked like someone had just spilled salt everywhere. It was gorgeous. Wow. You could see actual constellations. It was, yeah, it was it's incredible. actually crazy. Like, we can really tell where, at least that was one thing I did a lot um, in the late fall of, like, fall term, was I'd literally just, like, look up at the sky as I'm walking yeah. back to my dorm from the library, just from anywhere. Yeah. I'd just look up at the sky beautiful. and just look at it. It's just beautiful. You know, I didn't really get the idea of what the still north was until... Um, until we went on trips and then and then i thought back to that experience and then i and then i think to bartlett tower where um robert frost wrote his poems and i think about just being surrounded by the woods like what the still north means is like it's a profound contemplative environment for one to think find oneself everything like that and people can dog all they want on the fact that it's in the middle of the woods we dog on it because it's like it's like a fun thing to do, right? But yeah. really, being in the still north 
is just an unmatched experience. Like that's something that can't come across in any pamphlet and any tour. You have to live it to know what we're talking about. And when I tell you the still north is something beautiful and something that you feel deep inside you, I mean it with all of me. That's what bring, that's what makes me a proud Dartmouth student is that still north. Because you can find it in every single one of the students. That deep settled feeling, you know, of the still north. Yeah. It's what brings us together, I feel. And that's what our community is built around, it's the still north. Um, and it's just like a really powerful undercurrent. It might seem like I'm hyperbolizing all this, but I'm getting chills talking about it, actually. I know. Um, I can feel your urge to be back on campus. Dude, you don't know. You don't know. Oh, if it weren't goodness. for this coronavirus thing, I might I might have just swam there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, as far as... But that, but that understanding is something that's shared, which is such a crazy thing. Because it's not like it's pushed on us, right? Like the only yeah. time we really talk about the still north is in the alma mater. Um, but it's something that runs through everyone, that appreciation. And the crazy thing is that runs through people who come from cities, who come from Hawaii, Australia, China, England, wherever. It's, it's just a crazy thing. That appreciation and respect for the space, not even necessarily the environment, like the trees and everything like that, but just the space, the history. Um, 250 years that's crazy you know there's like it's made just as evident when you go okay I know we make fun of this because it's a weird thing but you go to the graveyard guys you have a graveyard on campus it sounds creepy but how cool is that how cool is that that's the still north right there going and walking amongst campus and seeing that history right in front of you when I was up there with yeah you get to walk by it every day yeah Um, when I was with there with my mom in ninth grade, we went in there and we looked, we looked up names on the headstones. Incredible. Army generals, army colonels, like people who fought in wars and have like glorious histories, people with purple hearts, everything like that. And it's, it's all inspiring, really, to be in a place that historic and that deeply rooted, not only, um, not only as far as like the valley goes, but just like American history. This school is older than our country. Older than our country. It really is. It blows my mind. It's like, and I know you especially country. can have an appreciation for that because you're from Boston, right? The birthplace of our country. So I'm sure you going there and seeing that is like just as awe-inspiring. For me, yeah. like Hawaii is a very young state. So it's not mm. like we have any of that, that history, like, walking around and seeing the old red and orange brick buildings yeah, and all that other kind of stuff, like the old trees and everything like that. Being there, that was like, wow, this is it. It was just so cool. So cool. Crazy stuff. Honestly, it just like, because I guess when you go to Boston, I don't know how much it's advertised, but like on some of the sidewalks, it's like marked off where like Paul Revere did his like ride um, to Lexington Concord and that whole thing. So you can kind of like see parts of the streets that are like marked with like the trail of like where he went and kind of just comparing yeah. and contrasting that to like the history of Dartmouth is like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy because like the building styles are the same. Um, just that sense of 
history, I feel like, really yeah. comes through. And kind of that contrast between this place was built as Paul Revere, like almost in like the same time period that Paul Revere was alive and impacting um, just our history. Yeah, it's incredible. So that was my, that was like, I, I hadn't known it then. I couldn't put the word still north to it then. But um, that feeling of the wilderness um, is really what made my first impression and the people and being in the woods, what kind of, what kind of community and culture that cultivates and that fosters. And that was my first impression of Dartmouth. Um, I remember you talked about housing earlier. I remember watching a video that Joelle did on housing. Um, yeah. And I remember she's like, yeah, these are the chotes. It's a little older. Da, 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 da. And then there's East Wheelock. This one is brand new. This is like the place to be. You want to be here. And I'm like, man, if only I could be in East Wheelock. But me having my luck, I'm not going to get in East Wheelock. Oh, when that housing form came <laughs> and I saw East Wheelock on there and I had a single. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, so good. Oh, man. Such I a relief. Trudged, I trudged that. I took that march. Uh, or I trudged that trail every day, pretty much, to go to East Wheelock, all the way from the Chotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, um, so it's pretty crazy stuff. Those dorms, unmatched, <laughs> unmatched <Yeah>. amenities. <laughs> that central cooling no. system, not AC, yeah. central cooling. And it's the different. dimming lights, the dimming yeah. lights. So I guess now we can move on more to um, what we wish we had known before we got to campus. Ooh. Ooh. I would hmm. say um, off the top of my head, homesickness and how different people deal with that. But we wanted to give that its own, its own discussion. So we'll leave that more towards the end. Stick around for that. But um, yeah, what what do you wish you knew before coming to Dartmouth? Um, I guess just getting like the most rudimentary thing, like once I got to campus, um, how much stuff I could have left back at home, just because <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the people that had the luxury to like come in a car with what I wanted to bring and like bring it all to yeah. campus. Um, uh -huh. and so I kind of went. I guess above and beyond <laughs> and had the room just fully decked out with like all of my life all in that room and yeah. like most of this stuff I just did not end up using and like it just sat there collecting dust for the term and like yeah. I guess that's just like on the most basic level um what I wish I knew is that I wasn't gonna use all that stuff it could have stayed at home yeah because now some of it's unfortunately still there yeah <laughs> No, yeah. same here um like i brought so much clothes so much clothes um like i thought oh i'm gonna be in an ivy league school i'm gonna have to wear collar shirts all the time all the all time, time. <laughs> no i wore it like twice i wore it like twice and i kid you not like two-thirds of my closet is just collared shirts that i've never used so there's that also me being the naive Hawaii boy, I thought I'd be wearing shorts all the time because that's all I wear here, right? Is shorts. 
Yeah. I didn't touch those. I didn't oh, touch them. I, I was ready for that. I, I knew I didn't need to bring that many shorts. I did the opposite. I brought too many sweaters. Oh, way too see, many that's sweaters. Nice. But the amount of real estate that those shorts took up, unreal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just brought way too much stuff. So the, the thing is, like, what happened is my mom ended up shipping up. So I, I brought over two full suitcases and a carry-on, but all of my bedding and snacks and everything like that was in boxes yeah. that were getting sent over. And my mom sent them over a bit late. Um, like the day after I, I left on the plane, she sent them over. Okay. So for like two to three days, Richie, I slept on a bed with no covers, no blanket, no pillow. I had no soap. Oh. Oh. I had no soap. <laughs> so thank God, thank God, the girl who lives right next to me, Mimi, yeah. I know she's watching this, so hi, Mimi. <laughs> Thank God she, what's it called? She hooked me up with a pillow <laughs> and, a, and a small fuzzy blanket and some soap after a 10-hour flight and a two-and-a-half-hour drive. The last thing you want to realize when you walk through the door of your dorm on your first day is that you're going to be sleeping on a naked bed and you're not going to be taking a shower. <laughs> oh, it was tough, but Mimi hooked it up. So thank you, Mimi. <laughs> yeah, shout out Mimi, an insane <laughs> lacrosse player and good friend. I told her that she's going to be our biggest fan, and when merch comes out, she's just going to be repping it like nobody's business. And she said, in your dreams, but, uh, but we'll, we'll, work, we'll work our way there. <laughs> we, know, we know she goes to bed to this podcast every night. Of course, bro. Once he puts it on Spotify, he just has it on autoplay for the three episodes we have up so far. <laughs> just running the whole night. Oh, I had a nightmare. Oh, I better turn up two islands. Okay, back to sleep now. <laughs> oh, that was a bad dream. I didn't leave a review, and oh, my life just it just fell apart after I didn't leave that review. <laughs> Maybe I should just like and comment for good dreams. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Mimi. <laughs> uh. Yeah. When I got there, I mean, there was, I think the negative things that I experienced were just things that were characteristic of, of moving to college, moving to a new cultural area. There was a pretty big culture shock for me as you can imagine. Um, but I found it very cool. Like, um, just like the New England culture and all that stuff. It was, it was cool. It was all new and it was very fancy for me. Nothing I was used to. The history was crazy. Um, what else? I just, I missed home a lot. Um, but, you know, something that I wasn't expecting when I got there was how great friends I was going to, or how great of friends I was going to meet when I got there. Like everyone says like, Oh, you're going to find your people in college. Um, in my head, that was insinuating that it's going to take you a little bit, but you'll get there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I got extremely lucky because, um, Tanner lived right across the hall from me and Tanner knew you and the rest of the five gang and, 
you guys are my friends. So I got so lucky because, you know, by pre-orientation, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that really led to where we are right now with the podcast, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for that, then I, if it weren't for all of us being on for pre-orientation during the same time, then, then this, none of this would have happened. But uh, I find myself extremely fortunate to have such great friends before school has even started, before orientation week, you know? I know. Like, I have friends from high school. Yeah. I have friends from high school who were, like, um, after their first term or semester or quarter on campus, wherever they were, they're like, yeah, um, I really like school. But something that was really difficult for me was that I couldn't find, like, a really solid group of friends. Like, it would kind of be, like, from week to week, you know? Like, I would hang out with this group, and then they would kind of do their own thing, and then I'd find new people, and then I would end up doing my own thing. And, dude, we all stay solid. We all stay so solid. The Morton Friends group chat. (laughs) Morton and Friends. (laughs) It's evolved a bit since then, but uh, (laughs) Morton Friends, that's where it started. Um, It's just crazy. That's, That's what I was really fortunate for. Um, I was also, I also felt very much at home. Of course, I missed home, home, Hawaii, but I found a home in New Hampshire, which was crazy. Um, when that really began to settle in for me was, was when we came home for winter break and I was like, why, why do I feel like I'm at home? I'm in my old house. Why do I feel like I'm so far away from my home? Yeah. And and that's because Dartmouth became my home. Not like my primary home, but like a, another home, a secondary home. That blew my mind. Um, that just goes to show that all the cult stuff that Dyrith does, it works. <laughs> it, it works. works. No, because um, even with what you just said, like you said my old home. Yeah. Like you said my old wow. home. Like I was in my old home. I don't even know if you caught yourself saying that, but like. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it's just those great. things that end up happening. Like you really get attached to not only the people but like just the place yeah yeah there's still north it's intoxicating <laughs> um yeah things i wish i knew before i got there um i'm gonna tell myself myself this now because i still haven't reached that point yet but uh, maybe we can manifest it right now so everyone rub your hands together uh, <laughs> I wish I knew when I first came to Dartmouth that everything was going to be okay and I'm going to figure out a plan for myself academically and career-wise. I haven't gotten there yet, but let's hope that I can speak to future Julian or maybe future Julian is speaking to me right now and he's saying, look, don't need to worry. Everything's going to get figured out. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say to that. It's, it's difficult going to a liberal arts school, being a liberal arts student. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we're interested in everything right or at least i am i'm interested in everything i find i find everything engaging and at a place that like dartmouth that makes everything so accessible it really feels like you could pursue any of your interests and be successful right yeah um because everything is just there for you but it's a matter of finding what gets you up in the morning what makes you happy things like that and that i feel like that's the real challenge for a lot of liberal arts students you hear all these stories of from alums or from seniors that are like, yeah, if I had like two more credits in the history department, I'd have a history major. If I had one more geography credit, I'd be a geography major. Geography major. It's like people, people jump down all these bunny holes just because it's, it's that accessible to them. 
Um, and that's just really cool. But again, that's a double-edged sword. It means people end up finding their way a little a little later on. That's the impression that I get at least so far. So, and that's where I'm kind of at right now. Um, but it, it can be difficult, but I also believe that it's also enabling, you know? Um, it, it makes it so that students can find the gray area in whatever industries they want. They're not pigeonholed. Um, so yeah, as far as what I wish I knew before Dartmouth, and I guess as far as what I wish I knew now is that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and I you? think just adding on to that, everything's going to be okay is um, kind of just that homesickness in terms of the culture, just because Dartmouth culture is one thing that I really love, but like being at home and like being able to just wake up and know that my mom chefed up some delicious Haitian cuisine yeah. and that's ready to eat at any point in time. And like, I can spend time with my younger brothers or um, talk with my sister or just like see my family in person. Um, like that sort of thing is like just so valuable to me. And yeah. it's something that I hadn't really realized I wouldn't, um, I'd, I guess I hadn't realized I'd struggle with it as much, um, yeah. just because I think it hit more winter term than fall term, I was uh, just because yeah, with winter term, um, like my classes overall in, were man. more difficult. The cold sets in. Yeah. The the day ends at 3.30 p.m. It's dark <laughs> at 4. <laughs> it's dark at 4 p.m. It's brutal. And, like, you need to get your daily sun, right? And it's the worst thing in the world when you're watching the sunset from class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in class, you're watching the sun go past the window, over the window, and then you see the moon right there looking at you when class is over and just like, wow, that happened. You go out for lunch and all of a sudden the moon's out and it's dark outside. <laughs> wow, I really just spent the only three hours of sun I had today inside. <laughs> yeah. And like, no. I don't know, I feel like that's something I was used to growing up in the Northeast, but... It kind of sets in more when oh yeah you don't have necessarily like your home to go to because even though you feel like great with the friends that you're making or the people that you're beginning to meet but like it does hit different when it's like oh okay yeah i still have all this homework to do it's dark mm -hmm. out it's cold <laughs> yeah and then like unless i'm making plans with friends like past 7 p.m unless it's like a night on campus where people are actively doing things it's gonna be kind of it's gonna be a lot more barren Slow. than fall the fall or spring term so yeah it's one of those things that That's i feel like we put people... in the work at pool hall, <laughs> pool hall. <laughs> pool hall. Those 13 game series. oh my goodness um, losing five straight games to this man julian i did not give up and i did not quit <laughs> I came back with a vengeance. <laughs> uh, no, but same here. Like, um, for me, I'm, I'm always someone who's really um, valued independence. Me not having a lot of freedom in high school just because I was always so busy. Me being at Dartmouth, having my own, my, like, my own community of people and, excuse me, being able to structure my time however I wanted to. Dude, I loved it. Fall term was no issue for me. Um, when I came home for a winter break, it was like, man, when can I go back to school? When can I go back to school? And I got back and I was just loving it. And then 
I real I like kind of felt myself slipping in a sense, like um, like the core of who I was all of a mm-hmm. sudden started to feel a little muddied, you know, or a bit unclear. And it was because I'd been so far away from home. I'd been so, so far away from that so long. I kind of lost touch with who I was. Not in like a, you see, I don't want to sound dramatic and say like I lost touch of who I was, but that's kind of what it felt like. I, I didn't know what that, what it meant to, to feel disconnected with that, with that piece of yourself because it was just fami- unfamiliar to me, right? I'd never been away from home for so long mm-hmm. and there was like, I was happy. It's not like I was sad or anything like that, but there was like a feeling inside me where I was just, like, something's not right, you know? Um, and I didn't realize what that was until I came home. Cause you, like, I didn't come home on my terms, right? I came home because of coronavirus. So I already wasn't too pleased about being home. Like I was very happy to see my family again and everything like that. And it was really nice seeing them again cause I hadn't seen them in a while, but <clears throat> it, I, I was I was forced to be home, right? Because we were planning on being in Montreal during that time. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I got home, me just already feeling a bit turbulent inside and then already being frustrated because I got sent home. Um, really created an environment, environment, environment for me to think about why I felt so unsettled. And it was because I'd been away from family and home for so long, you know? And I had yeah. to reconnect with that core of myself because you know the whole time when I was here during winter I was like yeah I feel like now my home is shifting now Dartmouth is more so my home because that's now where I'm building my new life right Mm -hmm. um making new friends connections you you really are starting over brand new in a new place so that's what and then but I was quickly um corrected when when I came home and I realized no there's a reason home is home for a reason it doesn't just move with you so easily you know um i feel like home it can be like a composite or a fluid concept um in that dartmouth is my home where i can recreate myself and i can evolve but hawaii is always my home where i can come back to those are my fundamentals my basics you know okay and that was an interesting realization that i came to because you know like i like to think of it i like to think of it as See, in my head, this analogy makes perfect sense, but when I explain it, it doesn't. Um, Like a barrel on a gun, right, will guide you to where you need to go. And that Mm -hmm. provides more accuracy, right, a barrel on a gun. But um, so that's where I felt like as far if I were to be a gun, right, that's where I felt like I was. I was in the barrel, right, because I'm I'm like off out here learning new things about myself. Um, But the thing is if you forget your stock and the trigger and everything that's at the at the base of the gun doesn't matter what's at the barrel if you don't have your your fundamentals you know um does that make any sense at all no because it's like you won't be able to fire properly you won't be able to um go on that path to discover yourself and learn more about yourself because those fundamentals and those basics aren't curated well to be able to send you off that path makes sense the barrel is nothing without the gun. Exactly. <laughs> Big no, pain things. But that's, but that's what it felt like, you know. It felt like um, it felt like I was, I was all the way out here, but I had nothing 
I had nothing tethering me down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so being home, being rooted again is what really brought me that sense of peace and being settled again. Um, I wish I knew that before I went to Dartmouth because I feel like if I went off the deep end with anything, it was the idea that I could do it on my own and that I had all this independence and all I needed was school and my friends in order to be successful. Not that I had left my family behind or anything like that, but I just felt like, you know what? Everything I need is up, is up here. I have a great community of people that support me. I know that I can make it up here, but you're always going to need home. Um, And once I made that realization, that's when the homesickness set in (laughs) because we were talking about it before, right? Richie, like, um, really, as long as you're not in your house, everyone's pretty much the same distance away from home. If you really think about it, as far as like internal feeling or for what it's worth, I guess everyone's, everyone's the same distance away from home. Mm. Um, but so in that way, everyone's in the same boat as far as being homesick. But for me, being so far away from my family, being in such a different cultural setting, um, being not seeing very many Hawaiians, all of a sudden I'm losing my accent, right? Um, I'm not in the sun as much, so I'm losing my color. Um, I feel distant from home because I'm not calling my family as much as I as I should be, not checking in. Um, I just got very wrapped up in Dartmouth, and I felt like I was lost at the core of where I was. Um, and that was it was very confusing and scary. It was scary. Um, but coming to that realization and being home really helped bring yeah. me back in. It felt good. It's, it's like you were wanting to have Dartmouth be a part of your life. Um, but in the beginning, it was almost that you were, Dartmouth was almost consuming your life in a sense that all these new experiences, these new people, these new opportunities were consuming you to where the core of what brought you to Dartmouth in the first place was starting to get lost almost. And so exactly. kind of realizing that you needed to have all these new opportunities of Dartmouth, but also have that rooted in your family and your background and what makes you you is something that you now know. And moving yeah. forward, you'll definitely be able to apply and just yeah. learn more from your experiences. So Exactly. Exactly. Like when I was at Dartmouth, I felt like a hot shot in the sense that like I was making all these discoveries about myself. I, I just walked onto the, I, I just started training with the rowing team. Um, I was, I was really inspired and I was, and I was engaged in my classes. I was active in clubs on campus. Um, it felt like I was off doing my own thing. I was growing up and I was becoming who I was meant to become, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in doing that and getting so wrapped up in that, I kind of lost that base, you know? I lost the stock. I lost the trigger and the barrel. I was just a barrel. Just a barrel. Low side barrel. <laughs> um, yeah. Did, um, did you experience anything similar? I definitely can mirror the sentiment where it's like you kind of become so involved that you almost forget what brought you there. Just because for me, um, I at first I didn't really. Like for fall, for the end of fall term, right? I wanted to go home and enjoy Thanksgiving with my family, 
But after that first week of winter, I was I was ready to go back. I yeah. was ready to go back. But after just yeah. the first week after Thanksgiving was over, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to Darmington. I'm like, let's get this, yeah. let's get this going. But mm-hmm. I think it was really winter term where I realized that um, I was kind of not getting too involved, but every like I wasn't really taking time to like take stock in how I was doing mentally. Exactly. And exactly. I got so focused in the motions of going to class, going to this club, emailing this professor, going to office mm-hmm. hours, finding time to hang out with friends, going to this social event, that it kind of just all was happening. And I was kind of just watching myself go to these different events. Yes. And I'm a lot more of the person where I'm more uh, introspective, where I really look at myself and like reflect on things a lot. And like, I kind of was missing that time to really reflect on myself and all of these different things that were happening in my life and all these new experiences and just meeting so many different people every single day um, that I wasn't really reflecting like how I usually did in high school or in middle school even. Um, And going back to the first episode type of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We're talking about that. No, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really reflecting uh, how like I usually would. And because of that, I think I wasn't getting uh, as much from each experience as I could have been. And I think I didn't really realize that until I got like kind of sick towards the end of the term. And I was like, oh, I, because at that point I couldn't go to all those different events because I was like kind of stuck in bed. Like, (sighs) yeah, finals are soon stuck in bed I need yeah. to study and I don't want to <laughs> and I was in that mindset and then that's when I really had that sit down time to just think about the term and everything that was happening to me um up until this point and kind of reassess what's been going on and that's when I was like I really miss home like I really want to go home now yeah. And then, well, the virus hit, and <laughs> you got what you wanted. <laughs> that wish was that wish was definitely granted. <laughs> no, but you're right. I couldn't have said it better myself. Like you get wrapped up in day to day life, and you're like, and this could be induced by just the environment at Dartmouth because we are in ten week terms. It's a very fast paced lifestyle. Extremely fast paced. It's a ten week sprint, um, so it, it it is easy to get wrapped up like that. Um, yeah, I, could, I just couldn't have said it better myself, right? You get wrapped up in the day-to-day activities and, it, and it's, it's hard to take time for yourself because, like, we'll be honest, right? Like, this is the first time we had this, like, access to, like, parties, too, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you're living your life academically and you need to find balance and just, like, let off some steam, right? So you go to those. Um, you go to parties and whatever, da 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 da, da. Um, And that's the lifestyle like you work really hard and then you find some time to let off steam it's not always in the in the in, in, at a party i was just using that as an example 